Well, tonight we finish up on the Promises Made series, and uh, I have been a little bit reticent to um, send you out last week's message as it was preached in Boswell, so if you would like that message, it's not uh, quality enough from a video perspective because of the lighting for me to publish on the web and out there, but if you'd like the recording of that message, or if you'd like the video of that message and you're willing to just, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll put it on the app. It'll be on the app tomorrow. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Amen. All right, it's the words, not what it looks like. Amen. I'll put it up on the web and uh, we, can, uh, we can go from there. But um, what I wanted to say to you tonight is that um, from this next series that we're starting, I've often just publicized the recorded version of the online message for the Boswell campus. But last week it pressed upon me how different those two messages are. Um, we covered some stuff here last week that, hey, I'm still processing. I'm still wrestling with. What came out of my mouth last week was revelation to me as much as it was to you. So um, I don't know about you, but I'm still processing a whole lot of stuff that happened last week. And I'd love to be able to go back and listen to that. So from our next w message, I'm going to prepare more and preach, uh, prepare less and preach more. Amen? Because I really want to just roll with it. I want to find out what it looks like to just see where God takes us when we're all together. Because this next series... It's defined like this. Pastor Micah and I had a meeting today and we were chatting about where we were going over the next month and what we were going to be preaching on and who was going to be preaching. And basically what, what we discovered was that which Jesus calls us defines our purpose. That's what we've seen, right? He made a promise to us by what he called us. Oh, oh, oh. I just lost you. There was just some vacuum in the room there. Is that your gray matter engaging? Okay. So he made a promise to us by what he called us. He promised us that we would have, be promise seekers because he called us disciples. He promised us that we would be able to find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it because he called us the salt and the light. He promised us that we would be able to overcome the natural world by supernatural means because he called us overcomers. He promised us that we would be able to be what? What did we discuss last week? A masterpiece because he was a piece of the master on the inside of us. Amen? And I can keep going. In Scripture, he calls us God's righteousness. He, called us, he calls us redeemed. He calls us sons of the Most High God. I, I can keep going with this series the whole year on the names that Jesus has called us and as a result, the purpose that he has defined for us. Have you got that in your minds? When Jesus calls you something, I want to say this to you. What happened to Jesus happened to me. Whatever happened to Jesus is happening to me. Did you get that from last week? If Jesus is on the inside of me and he was resurrected, there was a resurrection on the inside of me. If Jesus is on the inside of me and there was a death, there was a death on the inside of me. If Jesus condemned the religious, well, there's a condemnation rising up in me towards religious. Whatever happened to Jesus happens to me because he is on the inside of me. You can't have the, the whole egg without the yolk. Are you with me? If there's a yolk on the inside of the egg, the whole egg is more than just the yolk, but it's the whole egg. If Jesus is the yolk and he's on the inside of you, you can't be calling yourself separate from what happened to Jesus. If Jesus raised up the downtrodden, we are to... If Jesus found a hurt and healed it, we are to. What happened to Jesus happens to me. 
There's an ascension going on in my life right now. What does that mean? Well, I'm slowly but surely discovering more and more of my heaven call. Every moment I look at the ascension of Jesus and I was raised with Jesus. If it happened to Jesus, amen. So if he's called you something, there's a purpose behind it. He's called you to understand that he was calling you to be whatever he was. In fact, Jesus went further and said, what I have been, you will be more of. Wow. Wow. And so when we have a look at what Jesus called us, it's important. But here's the deal. As we have a look at Romans chapter 12, the next section of the scripture calls us to be living sacrifices to the most high God. It calls us to be living sacrifices. So here's what it looks like. The names Jesus called us define our purpose. The names we call the most high God define our sacrifice. Think about it. If God is the source of our peace, then we need to put down the gods of peace that we have established in our lives and go and lead our life as a living sacrifice to the God of peace. If God is our provider, we must stop running around looking for provision on our own and go and sacrifice the desire to provide on our own and see God as our provider. What we call God defines what we have to put down. Because if God's got it, we don't have to have it. Amen? If God's got it, then we don't have to have it. And so when we have a look at the next series that we're going to be jumping into next week from next week, Wednesday, it's called He Has a Name. He Has a Name. And we call Him that name so that we can understand what it is that we're going to be sacrificing. Now you might think, oh, I know this message. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nissi. Yeah. Well, I'm going to blow you away with some of the things that Scripture calls God. And that what does it mean to call God the great I am? What, what, is it, what does it mean? Oh, we, oh, he's the great I am. He's just the great I am. What does that mean for you as a disciple? What does that mean for you as somebody who's putting their life down at the throne of the great I am? I don't know about you. I don't want to worship an unknown God. I want to worship a God I know. And if Scripture calls him the great I am, what does that mean for me? Yeah? We walk around saying, oh, Yahweh. What does that mean? Provider. What does that mean for me? What does it mean I have to do to walk as a living sacrifice to the God who has got a God's name called provider? What does it mean? It's not just a, a thing I call God. Please, Lord Jesus, it's not just a thing I call God because that's religion. Ouch. I'm preaching next week's message already. Let's jump in to this week's message before my clock runs out and I start getting rude symbols. Back desk. Father God, we thank you for the names that you have called us through Jesus Christ. We thank you for being called a disciple. We thank you for being called a promise seeker. We thank you for being called the salt and the light. We thank you for being called an overcomer. We thank you for being called a masterpiece. And tonight we thank you for calling us ambassadors of heaven. And we pray that, Father God, you open up our hearts and our minds so that we not only see the natural implications of this message, but the supernatural implications of this message. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And all of God's people with trepidation said, Amen. All righty, how many of you know that we have covered a number of names and I've gone through them all? Tonight I want to ask you, if God had to ask you to speak, would you turn to your neighbor and say, whatever he said? How many times have you been in a group when you're saying, well, what do you want to share? What do you want to share? And somebody says, whatever he said. We are not called to say whatever he said. We are called to speak out what he's called us to be. 
We're not here to defer to the pastor, defer to the person next to us, look at somebody else of great faith and say, oh, I wish I had his kind of faith, whatever he said. We are here to be ambassadors of heaven. According to scripture, we are ambassadors of heaven, which means we can speak out without mediocrity. Turn to your friend, your neighbor, your partner, say it under your breath if you're sitting alone, shame. Say this, I hate mediocrity. Then why do you embrace it so much? If you hate mediocrity, why do you embrace it so much? Oh, I don't embrace mediocrity. Well, you do, really, because you kind of saunter through life, and whatever happens, happens, and what it is, it is, and say, what is it? Hey, Sarah, Sarah. It's how I've always been. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. We've got all these sayings that just roll off our tongues when we have to find an excuse for being something more than mediocre. God hasn't called you more than mediocre. He's called you more than a conqueror. Yeah, we're not just here to just get across the line of having a kind of a good life. Anybody can do that. To have a supernatural life, one that is representative of what's going on in heaven, we need to step up our game and say no to mediocrity. But Craig, I'm just a mediocre Christian. I'll never amount to much. I believe in Jesus. I'm just waiting for him to come and take me home. Man, you've taken the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ and you've made it a mediocre destiny. You've made it a mediocre lifestyle. Jesus Christ will be true to his word. He'll save you. He'll take you to heaven. You'll be a risen saint of Christ. But man, we could have a party between then and now. We could see lives change. We could see cities revolutionized if we just got up out of our mediocre beds and started running the life that Jesus has called us to run. And when we think about it, how many times do we say, I'm just a? I'm just a teacher. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just a burger flipper. I'm just a pizza delivery boy. I'm just a... How many times do we say that in life? Oh, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just here. Don't worry about asking me to do anything, Craig. I'm, I'm just here. I'm just, I'm just here to come to church. I'm just here. You've just aligned yourself with mediocrity. You just aligned yourself with placating through life and saying, well, whatever euphemistic expression I can come up with to get over my current situation, I'll use that rather than using the conqueror, more than a conqueror, overcomer, masterpiece calling that I've been called to live. You're not just a stay-at-home mom. You're not just a student. You're not just a bank teller. You're not just, there's nothing simple about you. There's nothing mediocre about you because you have the master on the inside of you. And if you're going to call your life mediocre, you are calling Jesus Christ mediocre. Be careful. Because people who called him mediocre were called whitewashed graves and offsprings of viper. He said, get from me. I do not know you, you workers of lawlessness. Now, that's not a Helen Brimstone teaching. That means I'm just going to be devoid of the power now that Jesus wants me to express and experience now. Not just experience. Did you hear what I said? Express. We become Christians, and because we're in the experience of being Christians, we stop expressing the power on the inside of us. We stop expressing it because we are experiencing it. We become like sponges that never get squeezed. Fat, wet, blimpy, Heavy, quite frankly, a drip. But you see, when, when, when we allow Jesus to squeeze the excellence out of us, 
squeeze the eternity out of us, squeeze the future out of us that he has put on our hearts with absolute divine royalty, we explain and express to the rest of the world who Jesus really is. Not just some king that used to live and was crucified, one that is being crucified right now in me, one that is being buried right now in me, one that is being risen from the dead right now in me, one that is ascending to the heavens right now in me, one that is saying, yes, the Father, I know that one right now in me, one that is calling my eternity as though it were already right now on the inside of me. That is the Christ that allows, is, is able to come out of us for the gift of others when we allow our experience to become an experience. Now, if I were to say to you, I am an ambassador for South Africa, you would have to understand that I've got some experience in being in South Africa. I've got to have something about the culture. I've got to have some knowledge about the economy. What economy? I mean, I've got to have some knowledge about the political system. What political system? No, I'm joking. I've got to have some experience in being South African to be an ambassador to express to you what my experience is. Yeah? You don't get somebody who was brought up in Japan becoming the ambassador to that little country, that little island called Australia. For those of you who know me, you'll know why I call it a little island. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? We have to have experience. We have to have absorbed Jesus Christ. We have to have absorbed who he's called us. We have to have absorbed his promises. We have to be worshiping in him. We have to be entrenched in him. But that's just the experience part. Jesus then calls us to have an expression of our experience. And that process of expressing our experience is called being an ambassador. Does that make sense to you? I have to have known the language. I have to know the, the symbols and the signs of my country. You guys would probably look at my South African flag and go, what is that, a road sign? But I know what that South African flag looks like, just like you know what the, your flag looks like. Because it's entrenched in you. It's part of your experience. It's who you are. So you can go and express it to others. That's my flag. That's my symbol. That's my language. That's my food. That's where I come from. That's where I was born. Look at this picture. This is where I was born. You have to have the experience, but the experience is nothing if you don't have an expression of the experience. Am I making sense? When God gave that to me, I was going, wow, that's pretty cool. And so when we have a look at it, when we have a look at that scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and then verse 19 onward, it says this, Therefore, if anyone, say anyone, is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I watched an a, a, a Island's Got Talent video today of an 82-year-old woman getting up on stage in front of thousands of screaming teenagers and performing her guts out and winning herself a, a place in the final. 82 years of age, and she was singing like she was 18. You see, when that, when that, when that motion of expressing the experience on the inside of you hits you, you're new. You're fresh. It's something that just delights you. Your whole face lights up, and people can see in your expression that you represent something greater than your current circumstance. We could have looked at that old lady and gone, she can't sing. She's going to bore us to death. But when she started expressing what was on the inside of her, man, the whole room changed. The whole room changed. And God has committed, verse 19b, and God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's, what? Ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. As though God were making his appeal through us. He doesn't just want to call you an ambassador. He wants you to go and express it on his behalf. 
is making an appeal through us. We implore you, therefore, brothers, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. The experience that we go through is called being reconciled to God. The expression that we have is as a result of God loving us even though we were still sinners. Am I making sense? Our reconciliation is our experience. Our reconciliation is our experience. Now, how did God reconcile God to man? Jesus Christ. Amen? So the possibility that Jesus made available to us to be reconciled to God lives on the inside of you. You can't be devoid of being reconciled to God if you have Jesus in, the li in your life. You can sin up a storm. You are still not undermining the reconciliation of Jesus actively working in your life. You can't sin away Jesus. Because he's taken your sin on. As much as you can dish up, he was able to take on. And so your reconciliation to God is through Jesus Christ. What happens to Jesus happens to me. How was Jesus finally reconciled to God after he'd been on the earth? What was the final act? His ascension. He returned to his heavenly position. That was him being reconciled. He took on the sin of the world. He went through the flesh. He conquered death. He had to do all of that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had to do all of that away from God, away from his original calling, away from his original home where he was actually originated, heaven. And he had to come down and he had to be an ambassador of God's love to man. He had to show heaven to man. He showed heaven. He showed that heaven existed by ascending in front of all of the witnesses on the clouds. He showed them and it revealed heaven to them again and again and again after that because he wanted to show that even though he took on sin, he was still part of the heavenly realm. And what happened to Jesus happened to me. Therefore, even though I've taken on sin, I'm still part of the heavenly realm and I come from heaven. Making sense? What's happened to Jesus has happened to me. I used to be one thing, a carpenter's kid. I took on a whole lot of sin in my life. I had to die to myself and realize that that wasn't going to give me life. I had to put aside all of the sin. It was painful. I had to make a public expression of how painful it was. I had to go through a process of understanding all that life was gone and a new life was coming. It's been made new. So on the third day I was raised, I then began my ministry in supernatural power testifying to others and bringing them to the love of Jesus Christ, growing the local church, planting people in place, and making sure that everybody knew that God loved them. And as I began to express that more and more, my ministry grew and grew until such time as I saw fruits which weren't just of my efforts, but were of supernatural efforts. And when I got the vision of God working in the inside of me to such an extent that I could see myself as having originated in heaven... Not going to heaven, I originated in heaven. I was made in God's image. Heaven is not a place, it's a condition. Heaven is a condition of being close to God. Heaven is a condition and a place. But we think of heaven as just past the hourglass nebula, 
straight on until the next galaxy, and then you turn right at that third sun on the right-hand side, and that's when you get to heaven. And that's the, the first heaven. We close our eyes and we go, Oh, Father, show me heaven. No, 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 no. Oh, Father, I want to experience heaven right now. Don't show me heaven. John got to see heaven. I got to be part of heaven. I was made in God's image. Before I was in my mother's womb, where was I? Before I was in my mother's womb, he knew of the plans. Huh? I was in heaven. I might have just been a thought in my heavenly father's brain, but I was in heaven. I am a heavenly owner. I, I live in heaven. I have a home in heaven. It's been built by Jesus Christ, and this rock will not crack or break. You cannot destroy my house in heaven. I am a heaven resident. I have tags to prove it and a number plate on the back of my car telling you where I come from. Am I making sense? So then I come into this world like Jesus did. I have to step down. I come into this world. I take on the sins of this world. I take on the shame. I either let it defeat me or I defeat it. Jesus showed us a model of how to defeat it. He showed us how we can live in the flesh right now. Everything that happened to Jesus happens to me. He showed me that I can conquer. He showed me that I can cast out demons. Casting out demons is not supernatural. That's why Paul said, let's press on to greater things than casting out demons because demons are of this world and we are not of this world. We are called to greater, more supernatural things than just casting out demons. Raising people from the dead is not mature Christianity. It's part of this world. We've been made more than conquerors in this world. It's our doubt. It's our unbelief from where we come from. It's our unbelief of who we are that stops us from stepping into the super supernatural life that Jesus has called us to be as heavenly ambassadors. You don't represent earth in heaven. Oh, heavenly Father, can you see what's going on on this planet? Stop being an earth ambassador and start speaking what the heavenly Father has said in heaven on earth. Hey, earth, can you see what's happening in heaven? Hey, politicians, can you see how the heavens are governed? Not, oh, Father, will you please change these sinful politicians. Stop being an earth ambassador and start calling that which is in heaven on earth. Isn't that how we pray? Isn't that what we say in the Lord's Prayer? On earth as it is in heaven. Pray then this way, said Jesus. If it's happened to Jesus, it's happened to me. He originated in heaven. He came to earth as an ambassador of God's love, and he returned to heaven. That is what I am busy doing right now. I have gone from heaven to earth. God has placed me on this place. I'm here to ambassador and show off his love, and one day I will return to heaven. In fact, not one day. I have already returned to heaven because God doesn't work in a timeline. He works in a time orb. That's another whole discussion. Are you getting me? And so when we have a look at being ambassadors, what does it mean? It means that we need to be reconciled. We need to be in the condition of being close to God. Reconciled. The condition of being close to God. Isn't that the definition of heaven? Being in God's presence. So when we have a look at that scripture, when it says be reconciled to God, it means live your life as if you're sitting at the right hand of God. Oh, but I've got to get better. 
That's what reconciliation means. It means I've done something wrong and I better get better. I must change my life. I've got to read my Bible more. I've got to say sorry more. I've got to say please more. I've got to say thank you more. I've got to wear my church face when I come to church. I've got to bring a potluck dinner to the pastor's day. Oh, hallelujah, that is heavenly. But anyway, I've got to bring a potluck dinner to the pastor's and then he will, and I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do to be reconciled to God. If it's banana pudding, it's of heaven, trust me. But I'm saying is that, is that if, if I, I'm trying to do stuff to reconcile myself to God, it's told in Scripture that that it's like chasing after the wind. That faith without works is dead. But let me tell you something. Works are even deader. Are you with me? And we're so busy getting into this reconciliation effort. It's called religion. I've got to go to the priest and say I'm sorry. What gobbledygook. I, got to, I can't wear slacks. I've got to dance. I can't dance. I've got to cut. I can't cut. Oh, my word. Will you stop trying to reconcile yourself to God by what you look like and look heavenward and see yourself in heaven already? We get stuck on trying to reconcile ourselves to God because we think that's an action when actually it's a condition. And Jesus has already made that condition truth. He's reconciled you to God. How? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, 2 Corinthians 19, 21, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If it's happened to Jesus, it's happened to me. If it's happened to Jesus, it's happened to me. And so I am an ambassador sent by God from heaven, not the other way around. You see, if I live out of earth talking to heaven, I'm living out of the flesh trying to talk to the spirit realm. I'm saying I'm flesh before I'm spirit. If I live as a heavenly ambassador, I'm declaring Jesus' ascension complete on the inside of me, and I'm now speaking from heaven to earth. Read Revelation. And John saw a great cloud of witnesses with Jesus in heaven. Who was that? You and me. And John saw that before I was even born. He saw my ugly mug standing in the realms of the great witnesses before I was even born. While he was still living in Patmos, that had already happened. Now do you understand why God says it's preordained? You just got to say yes to Jesus and understand what you're saying yes to. You got to read the fine print. It's called the Bible. And so when we have a look at this ambassadorship, it's, we, were, we were not elected by people. Listen to me now. You often put well, a value on by how much people like what you're doing. Yeah? Victory Life Church Boswell, it's the trendy church to go to in the city. So we'll go there, because everyone goes there. It's a good place. Their worship is off the hook. Their preacher, man, alive. And those pink seats? Mm-mm. Got to go there. It's a place to be. You with me? And so when we look at it, we, we do things based on what other people think of us. It's like being in an election. Stop being an earthly politician and start being a heavenly ambassador. Am I making sense? And so when we have a look at it, we know it's elected by people. We were chosen by God. John 15, 16, and 19. You did not choose me, but I chose you, says Jesus, and appointed you to go and bear fruit. 
fruit that will last. What kind of fruit? Supernatural fruit. Galatians 5.22 fruit. Not a healthy bank account and a nice house. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, mildness, and self-control. That kind of fruit you will bear because you are heavenly stewards. You are heavenly ambassadors. You handle heavenly fruit. You handle grapes that two men need to carry. They are heavenly. They are supernatural. They are not of this world and neither are you. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. You don't belong to the earth. You belong to heaven. You're an ambassador of heaven. Acts 9.15, but the Lord said, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. We live in the world of the Gentiles. Anybody who can't see themselves in heaven is a Gentile. I'm not talking about Christians. There's a difference between being a Christian and being a heavenly ambassador. You're going to get a glimpse of what's happening in heaven right now. You're going to get an understanding of what's going on in the supernatural for you to represent the supernatural. You've got to have a personal relationship, being in the close proximity of God daily, not through Bible reading, through condition, not through behavior, through condition, through heart, through surrender, through contrite spirit, through breaking in front of the Lord. You've got to be in, in the space of being with God, reconciled to Him. Then you're in heaven. Then you can become an ambassador. You're not an ambassador of heaven when you walk around with a fish on the back of your car and mark Bible where it says, I've read my Bible 40 times this year. That doesn't make you an ambassador of heaven. Somebody who's willing to surrender to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, even though their mind goes, I can't do this. I can't do this. What does it mean? Healing. If it's happened to Jesus, it's happened to you. If you can get that right, that means you're in heaven. And all things are possible in heaven. That's why we can say all things are possible. I can do all things. Why? Because you come from heaven. It happened to Jesus. It happened to you. Amen? So, what does it mean? The moment I say yes to Jesus, I have to admit that John 6, 38, if it happened to Jesus, happened to me. For I have come down from heaven, Craig has come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of the one that sent me. If Jesus is on the inside of me and Jesus said those words, then I need to say those words. Because that means I'm living in the spirit realm. I'm not living in the physical. That means that things like die to self aren't challenges now that mean I need to woe is me, penance, get out the cat of nine tails. Oh, I'm such a bad, evil person. Look how contrite I am. No, now dying to self means I'm dying to this world and I'm beginning to realize what world I come from. Come on now. Now picking up my cross means running towards Golgotha going, bring it on. You want to challenge me, Satan? Come on, I come at you with all of heaven. Risen saints, angels, Jesus himself at my right hand. <laughs> and I'm staring at you, little devil, who's been confined to this world. Satan the devil has been cast out of heaven. Why? Because he no longer has a heavenly ambassadorial role to play in the kingdom of God. He no longer represents heaven. He got so caught up in what happens on the face of the planet that he forsook himself in heaven and had to come down, and God has bound him up on the surface of the world. You're not bound to the land that Satan is. That's why Satan's freaking out. All of a sudden, the people that he thought he would be able to conquer are his conquerors. 
All of a sudden, the people that he thought he, angels could come and have sex with and, and change the DNA of the human structure are telling him where to get off. He's been banished, have you? Do you walk around like a roaring lion seeking to devour somebody? Because you're trapped in this world, you're frustrated by the conditions of this world, you're frustrated by the cage that your conditions and situations has you in. If you are, then you're acting like Satan. Ouch. But I'm not of this world. I'm not frustrated by this world. I don't have. The only reason Satan's a bit ticked off is because his time left is reduced. He's not an eternal being. You and I are. I don't have to rush around in this planet trying to get it all done now when I've got all the time in the world. I don't have to come out and freak out because, oh my word, my bucket list. Let me tell you something. I got bucket lists like this. I'm going to dance across the stars. Hey, I'm going to go and take on new galaxies for Jesus. There aren't even planets yet that exist in, the men, in, in human knowledge that I'm going to go and explore with Jesus. Oh, I want to skydive when I'm 85. What kind of fiddly bucket list have you got? I've got an eternal bucket list. Do you know how I can't wait to sit down with John for 4.3 thousand years and just discuss the first chapter of Revelation? That's on my bucket list. I'm going to sit alongside the Most High God when my body and my, my heavenly body and my heavenly spirit man finally collide. Because if you think this is good, wait till you see me in heaven. I'm going to finally collide with my heavenly body and my heavenly spirit, and they're finally going to collide, and I'm going to be able to be in one place at that time, not split across the universe and in different conditions like I am now. Because it gets a bit confusing. Who's with me? I was bought with a price. That's why it's what well, I can say now. I die to myself. I take on the identity of Jesus. I take on the mind of Christ. I am a living sacrifice. Pick up his cross. Now all of these expressions make sense. Because if it happened to Jesus, it happened to me. It kind of ups our importance a little bit, doesn't it? You're not just a pizza flipper. Or a burger flipper and a pizza delivery. Whatever, you know what I mean. You're not just a stay-at-home mom. You're not just, a, not just, now all of a sudden you can defeat mediocrity because there's nothing mediocre about where you come from. Where, did you, where were you born? Heaven? <laughs> you want to see how that confuses the, uh, the, the, the guys when you're applying for your visa? Place of birth, heaven. Is that a small town in southern Texas? No. Because <laughs> I am, I was born in heaven. I was born again. And the moment I was born, I was born in heaven. My life was nothing compared to what it is now because I'm now a heavenly ambassador. If it happened to Jesus, it happens to me. And with that, a greater importance comes much responsibility. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 8 says this, I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds us up. Huh? If your feeling of your authority on earth is causing you to be weighed down, depressed, and challenged, I've got a business to run. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. If your authority on earth or the authority that you're taking on weightens you and brings you down, it's not the authority of heaven because the authority of heaven builds you up. Having the ability to cast out demons isn't something I'm ashamed of or walk around depressed about. 
Having the ability to cast out illness and sickness is not something that gets me down and depresses me. The heavenly attitude builds me up. The heavenly attitude lifts me up. The heavenly attitude gets me to move on, not move backward. The heavenly attitude makes sure that I can stand up with a smile on my dial, look heavenward and say, I'm coming home. Now, I don't have to wait to die to go home. I can be in the presence of God, the condition of heaven right now. The condition of heaven right now. I want to say this. A little, little faith will get you to heaven. A little faith will get you to heaven. You need a little more faith to get heaven to earth. It's easy to have the faith to get to heaven. Yes, Jesus, I believe in you. You are the risen king. Now the journey starts of reverse. Now I'm called to bring heaven to earth. That's what Jesus did. He presented the love of God, the heavenly love of God to mankind. He came from heaven and presented it to mankind. If it's happened to Jesus, it's got to happen to me. My job is to present the heavenly love of the Father to mankind, hoping that the people I presented to will get a glimpse of the ascension of Jesus and see themselves going up there with him. Not come to believe in the cross. Did he just diss the cross? That's step one, people. That's just conquering the natural. He was just showing us that we don't have to fear death in the natural. He was just conquering the natural. Your sins, your issues, he was conquering the natural. At his ascension, he proved that you're supernatural. And that's where he wants you to dwell. That is why at the moment Jesus went into the supernatural, he sent the Holy Spirit to point us back to the supernatural, not to the natural. The Holy Spirit doesn't point you towards your depression. He points you towards more than a conqueror. He points you to love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, mildness, and self-control, all the things of heaven. Jesus had to go away to prove to us that there was a supernatural and that we were risen with him, and he sent us a counselor to admonish us towards heaven, not the earth. Am I making any sense to you? Our minds sometimes are on earthly things, says Philippians chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, but our citizenship is in the heaven. Our citizenship is in the heaven. Now when I read the documents I'm going through to get my citizenship in this American country of yours, I look at it and go, whatever. This too shall pass. I've got to go through some paperwork. I don't want to get caught by the wall. How <laughs> you laugh. I've got to go through some processes because I happen to be on earth. But I'm not bound by those things. If God doesn't give me my visa here, he'll give me a country somewhere that will want me in their country and give them me my visa, and I'll be preaching up a storm there too. They might not understand me because I might not be an English country, but it doesn't matter. There's interpretation of tongues. Am I making sense? And so when earth is not your home, you look at this world a little differently. And eventually, what Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 16, becomes more and more true every day. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. If it happened to Jesus, it happened to me. The best way to conquer your mediocre life is not to look heavenward, but to know 
that you originated in heaven. You started in heaven. You are an ambassador of heaven. You had a heavenly, eternal being long before you were even on this planet. Amen? And your spirit man was miraculously birthed on the inside of you when you became supernatural when you were born again. You weren't born again for this world. You were born again to change this world. You weren't born again to tolerate what happens in this world. Mediocrity. You weren't born again to be an Eeyore. You weren't born again to be an ambassador of your depression, an ambassador of your loneliness, an ambassador of how bad things are, an ambassador of your low bank account, an ambassador of your broken family, an ambassador of how much your father beat you, an ambassador of how many things are going. You weren't born to be an ambassador of this world. You were born to be an ambassador of greater things, heaven, heaven, a condition of walking with God. You were born again to walk out what a life looks like when you have come from walking with God. Reconcile to Him the condition of being in His presence. Why do you think we seek to worship? Because we want to be in His presence. Why do you think we seek quiet time? And when we can get it right, it's awesome. And when we get it wrong, we feel bad about ourselves. Because we're trying to reconcile ourselves to God instead of just knowing I'm reconciled to God. I am with Him in heaven. Because it happened to Jesus, it happened to me. That's how I walk out the expression that Christ lives on the inside of me. So for those of you who are coming to Jesus, for those of you who are new to discipling, here's the condition. Here's the thing. Simply walk out your Christian life knowing that if it happened to Jesus, it happened to you. With just that expression, you are walking out, I am in you and you are in me. That's the Craig translation of that scripture. If it happened to Jesus, it happens to me. Not happened, happens. It's busy happening right now. Amen? And when we take of communion, we're saying, if it happened to you, it happened to me. I'm in communion with you. I am an ambassador of you. I represent you and you represent me. I can't speak in heaven right now because I'm trapped in this God-forsaken earth place. But let me tell you something. I'm bringing God back to this God-forsaken earth place and this place is no longer God-forsaken because I'm walking in it. I refuse to call a place that I'm standing in God-forsaken because God is present. I refuse. He's omnipresent because of His great cloud of witnesses and He lives on the inside of them so He can be at all places at the same time. We give God the ability to move when we accept that we are living in a place of being proximate, in proximity to Him. Stop thinking that you're worlds away from God. Stop thinking that your sin has kept you from being in His place. Jesus took care of the natural so you could see supernaturally. I'm not saying that it's okay to sin. I'm not saying that it's okay to start living a life of hell and condemnation and damnation. No, I'm just talking about living a life that represents being in the presence of God. Do I speak to my next door neighbor as if I've just stepped out of a conversation with the Most High God? Do I speak to my boss as if I've just been talking to God about my boss? Do, do, I, do I talk to my children and develop them and grow them as if I'm getting instructions in an earpiece from the Most High God? 
Do I, do I flip that burger, deliver that piece, pizza, count the money in the bank? Do I do all of that as if God is sitting with me, doing it with me? That's heaven ambassador. Or do I go to work again? To work for that idiot again. Pay those ridiculous taxes. Man, I pay my taxes with heavenly currency. My dollars are supernatural. And not even the tax man can take away my joy. Payback, Caesar's things to Caesar, but God's things to God. If it happens to Jesus, it happens to me. It's time for you to stop having an earthly ministry and start having a heavenly one. And when we receive communion tonight, know that you're receiving it to say, I'm in heaven with you, Jesus. This doesn't mean his death and his burial. This means his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. It's the whole package. Jesus doesn't come in spurts. Oh, the cross. Now you get it. Now you're born again. Oh, there you go. No, no, Jesus comes as the whole package. Am I making sense? So when we receive communion, we keep doing this in remembrance of the fact that Jesus wasn't just killed and died. No, he was born again. He was resurrected. He walked the streets of Jerusalem again as a risen king. He stood, stands right now at the right hand of God with a whole cloud of witnesses. Revelation calls it a glassy sea. There's so many people. It looks like the sea. You and me gathered there, swimming amongst him, in his presence right now, turning to him and saying, hey, Father, what do I have to do with my boss who's an absolute idiot? And he's going to tell you, why don't you go and ask him this question tomorrow? Why don't you go and say this thing to that person tomorrow? Why don't you go and ask for forgiveness from that person on the next day? Why don't you go and pay this bill today and not that bill tomorrow because you've got money coming on Friday and you're going to be able to settle all your debt by Monday? That's being in the presence of God. Oh, but I've just done a budget. You know, you run your finances like a bank manager. You're always going to have a bank manager running your finances. You run your finances like God's in control and you're having a chat to him about what you've got to do with your money. Man, alive. I've got one of those little jars. It's my serve day jar. Every piece of scent that I put in there, it tells me on the lid how much is in the, bowl, in the jar. It counts the coins as you put them in. You've seen those, right? And one day I looked at this jar and there was 30 odd dollars in change. I promise you it was the next day it was $75 in change. I don't know how. All of a sudden it jumped up. Now, I'm not saying God supernaturally built my... You probably find the kids found a whole lot of coins and went and shoved it in there. But I'm a steward from heaven, right? And now I'm going to take that couple of coins and I'm going to, I'm going to bless somebody on serve day with it. Yeah, I've worked hard putting those coins in that jar. There's a lot of money for me in that jar. But you know what? That jar comes from heaven. Every penny in that jar is from heaven. And I'm in communion with Jesus and he's stewarding my finances. And watch it change the life of somebody. Watch it give somebody not a glimpse of Jesus, but a glimpse of themselves in heaven. That's what we live for. When Stephen could stand up and see Jesus standing in heaven for him, he could take the rocks being hurled at him. 
He could take the challenges even unto death. Why? Because Jesus gave him a glimpse of despite his current situation where he really comes from. So when I can give somebody else a glimpse of heaven, the condition of being with Father, if I can give them a glimpse of that, it'll change their life. Now, I'm not teaching them about some guy that died on a cross. I'm talking about them and the future and the past that they've had. Amen. So when you come forward and take eat, man alive, this communion means so much more than just Jesus died, his body and his blood broken and shed for you. This communion means, as we stand together, this communion means, stand with me, this communion means that you have a heaven, not destination, origin. You weren't born of the apes. You were born amongst angels. You weren't born of a heavenly mother and father. You were born of the most high father. You weren't born just to have to make ends meet. You were born as the end maker. You create that which is not as though it were. You have the power to cast out demons because of what Jesus did, not just on the night in which he died. That was why Jesus could celebrate by singing. Because he was heaven bound. He was going home. His layover in this terrible airport called Earth was finally at its end. And he could get out of here. And he could go and change the airport in which he had to live for a while from the heavens. So can you. This is your moment to accept your heavenly origin. You were born in the presence of divine, eternal royalty. I wasn't born in the courts of sin. I wasn't born to sin. I was born into a condition of sin with the condition of being with the Most High God. And let me tell you something. That the condition which this table brings me, I will never let that condition be defeated by this evil one called Satan. That's why Jesus said, keep doing this. Every moment of your life, turn to the heavens and say that's where I come from look at the stars tonight and go even if heaven was out there somewhere that's where I come from I'm an alien trust me in your country right now I'm a legal alien I've got green things that grow out of my back and I this is your table this is where you hear your divine and heavenly story. So as you come to the table tonight, there's not going to be anybody here. I don't want anybody here saying, this is Jesus' body and his blood broken and shed for you. No, I want you to come here and get your heavenly calling and hear Jesus telling you to look heavenward. And as you receive a piece of the master and what the master did for you, know that in Jesus' name, you are at the right hand of the Father. Heaven, heaven, heaven ambassador. To those who haven't got a glimpse of heaven yet. For those of some people, even Christians, who've got to the cross and they haven't got to the ascension. 
Oh, there's thousands of Christians who've got us to the cross. They've got to the, even the resurrection after the third day, but they've got no further. The supernatural is birthed in you when you get a glimpse of where you come from. So come forward and get a glimpse of being in the condition of being reconciled to God. Amen. Come forward and receive. And once again, once you've received your elements, just huddle up as families, as loved ones, as friends, and just receive in your own time. Just pray. Thank God for your heaven origin. sure that no one stands alone. Huddle up together. It is what my shirt says it is. I am a devil-stomping ninja warrior empowered by the Holy Spirit. I am from the heavens, and I am supernatural, and I will not shrink back because of what Jesus has done for me. Take it and know that you are from the heavens. A covenant that by its very nature is eternal because of the Jesus' blood that was shed once for all time so that you can be called, not of this world, but of the heavens. In Jesus' name, take a drink and know that you are eternal because you come from heaven. Father, I thank you for the power that this message has brought to my life. I thank you for the power of the gospel. I thank you for calling me a disciple. I thank you for calling me a promise seeker, the salt and the light. 
I thank you for calling me an overcomer, a masterpiece, and a heavenly ambassador. I am all these things, and as a result of being these things, I have a heavenly purpose, and that purpose is to be in relationship with you. I am reconciled with you through the love and the gift of Jesus Christ. I will not shrink back in the face of this world because I do not come from it. I come from heaven, and I come from you. In Jesus' name, we declare these things. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. I look forward to seeing you this Sunday. Pastor Jacob Sheriff is in the house on video this Sunday. Looking forward to that message. And I'm looking forward to next week when we start week one of He Has a Name. See you then.